Thank you for listening to this virtual presentation of Atoptic 2020. Atoptic is a Twin Cities-based arts festival focusing on comics, zines, and print media. For obvious reasons, we could not have an in-person event this year, but in conjunction with the Gutter Boys podcast, we are able to bring you a great series of interviews and discussions. Please visit anchor.fm slash gutterboys or atoptic.org for more interviews and information on how to subscribe to our podcasts. We also created a fantastic print catalog to commemorate the applicants and exhibitors you would have seen at Atoptic 2020. For more information on how to order a catalog, please visit atoptic.org slash 2020. That's A-U-T-O-P-T-I-C dot org slash 2020. Thank you again for listening and on to the conversation. My name is Pete Fakey, and I'm representing Autoptic today. I'm a board member and cartoonist, and I'm joined today by M.S. Harkness, author of the new book, Desperate Pleasures. Desperate Pleasures is an autobiographical comic and a bold look at how we as people relate to ourselves and to each other. Set against a backdrop of drug dealing, sex work, trauma, and abuse, MS fearlessly takes us behind the curtain of a young woman's struggle to find love, acceptance, and balance in an unstable world. So, yeah, welcome. Hey! Just spike that volume right up. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to start. I'm starting a little serious there so we can cut the tension here. Um, Let's talk about how we know each other. I feel like that's we should just get that out of the way because i'm sure there'll be some people that don't know the background here but uh we went to mcad together we came we've kind of grown up along <laughs> yeah we've kind of grown up alongside each other uh as cartoonists we're like the pointer sisters and that we go to shows and people get really confused they don't like one of us isn't there and they're like where's the other one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like it's happening a little less lately but there was definitely a point where it was like what Where's the yeah, other y'all one? Y'all fucking, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. I know. Red I was sure Stimpy. for a few years there, people thought that we were, yeah, right, right. The Red and um, Stimpy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, let's get into it then. Um, I figure we just start really, really basic, um, assuming there's some people who don't know who you are. Um, and start with why autobio instead of some other genre? Cause I was kind of there to see this develop, but I'm kind of curious if you've thought about that more since. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a thing that's developed for me over the past five years or so. Um, I've talked about it a little bit before. I can I can do the the fun of going through you and me together, uh, figuring out how this all happened and that yeah we went to art school and we were we were studio buddies um, that uh, we would just crack jokes and talk shit and watch wrestling um, in our mm-hmm. studios at our art college that we went to and there was a distinct conversation one night I remember I don't know if you remember it um, but like I came in art school. Um, just being this goofy child that didn't really know what they were doing. Um, like most people that end up going that route and, um, kind of trying to figure out like what a good focus for me to, uh, to be like what, what I should be really honing in on. And I ended up doing like a 24 hour comic that was about, um, the time I almost had sex at the airport, which <laughs> right, was, was yeah, reviewed uh, reviewed pretty spectacularly just among my peers, and that it, it was nice to see um, people responding to something past the sort of just like art school critique of like, okay, yeah, like right. your form, this this is following this formula, or this is working, or this isn't working. People are just actually looking at it and laughing and like being entertained. Um, yeah, and and mm, you were kind of you were kind of like okay, well you can be Simon Hanselman of like women's autobio if you really want and like do this whole thing where you dress up and like are are a goof. Um, it, it can be like yeah, a I character. remember having the conversation. Yeah, I remember having the conversation, but I forgot that that was a result of that twenty four hour comic day. Um, because you were kind of debating whether or not you wanted to pursue that, and we we had like a full conversation about. Uh, we're. I weighed the pros and cons with you just because it was like, okay, well, I can, 
I came in just being like, okay, I like to draw. I've always drawn. That's like been the only thing I've been good at. Um, let's like get past that and figure out like what's the actual thing here that, um, not necessarily that I'm going to build a career out of and, and, and that's the only thing I'm good at, but like, what are the things people are responding to in my work at that time? So it was like first really finished full story that I did and it worked really well. Um, and like, I feel like if, even if you read it now, it's like, oh yeah, like this is, this is her work because it's kind of follows the same just beats and kind of pacing that I've, I've stayed with pretty consistently. Um, and, and it was like, yeah, okay, you can you can just be really good at drawing and work for, like, Image or Boom or Big Two or do whatever and, and be, like, part of a team. Or you can, like, tell these stories that um, are personal and maybe a little bit, I don't know, more successful with an audience just in that, okay, you have all the control over it and, like, you have the power to, to do what you're going to do over it. Um, and it was really funny because there was other teachers I had that were like, absolutely not, don't do that. But like, <laughs> you were very much like, I don't know, fuck it, dude, just do it. And I haven't really looked back. And it's, it was nice figuring that out early enough on where I didn't get to like my senior year um, freaking out and crying every class because there wasn't really like a, which isn't to say, like, you should have yourself, and if you don't, you're a failure, but it was, like, it was just very relieving at that point in my life, where it's like, okay, well, this part's figured out, so, like, all the other things. <laughs> right, you were pretty, you pretty much knew where you were going by the time you got to senior year, yeah. You were, were you started on Tinderella yet? Yeah, well, that was just it. Like, Tinderella was, like, my senior thesis in college, so it was... It was not finished by the time I graduated, but it was sort of like, uh, I had all the, the pages penciled, um, I had plans to kind of schlock it around in some way to a couple people, a couple publishers that I, like, felt good about, you know, talking to them, and I went and hung out. Right, you went to SPX, and you shopped it around, and you had the whole, yeah, the whole, like, uh, proposal together, and... Yeah, which yeah. which was not the norm <laughs> that I was like, like every everyone who like, got it from like... me was like, oh okay, like, <laughs> just a little. I know we thought we were doing it right, but yeah, right. Well, it's like it's almost like this is what they tell you to do in class, but it comes off so aggressive and. Well, that's weird, like more but... for like image. It's like more for like a fucking. Uh you know big big time publisher i feel like definitely is when, when they're talking in class but they don't tell you that you know we're like taking it over to kilgore like listen to me well that's exactly it was like my big boy voice that i used and it, it yeah, was just right. you liken it to like a bunch of like dogs playing poker with like fake money because it's like there's no there's no real money here so it's like we're all just like like house of cards in our own head like this is gonna be it totally, like totally. ends up with you know all of all of your dreams and your ambitions but ultimately it's like you're using like business vernacular for like n nobody here <laughs> knows what they're talking about or knows what they're doing or anything so i know you spent a couple years in it and you really quickly start treating everything a lot more casually a little bit or at least parts of it but parts of it yeah well so you know how you talk to people that you know and you know you still gotta maintain some some level of professionalism when it's you're meeting oh, someone for the first time so or proposing hard. something. Oh my but. god! <laughs> and I still go off on people and like take my day out on, uh, on accident. Yeah. Whoops. Um. <laughs> Send some bad emails. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be. I try to be a good boy. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> we'll let everyone um, else get bad, so that way we'll seem okay. Like. <laughs> Let's say that again. We're never going to get better. We're just going to wait for everybody else to get real casual and not care and like realize it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just ease into our level here. Um, so from kind of where you started with Autobio, how has your thinking about what this means as a genre change? Because I know in the last year or so, you've started looking much harder at some of this more... Uh, like classic canon autobio work, more of the stuff from the 90s. And it seems like I've seen kind of a shift in the way you're thinking about it, but... Maybe a little bit. I, I think just, like, my taste is developing as I kind of figure out, sure. like, where I kind of fit into things or where where I'm not trying to, maybe. I don't know. Um, I always felt like I've had, like, a kind of 
discerning quality for these sorts of things just because I mean so many different people do autobio um, for so many different reasons uh, it's a very exhausted tired genre in a lot of ways and so I think there's always people who are trying to kind of push it into different directions and and I think really to some extent it's like it's just it's more interesting when you have people outside of cartooning um, or outside of I don't know, like the kind of, because what do we all think of when we think of autobio? It's just kind of like these like tone poem zine kind of, this is my heart and soul, you know, mental illness sort of thing. Um, so I try to just kind of like do reconnaissance work on like just what's going on as far as like what other people right. are making and like kind of just study the field. So that way I just know not necessarily like what what to do or who to copy or what mistakes not to make but it, i think it's just more like um just just being really hyper aware in that way cuz i i think like part of it is is like you can never you never want to come off as like delusional about anything and you know you want to be really conscious about like how you're how you're portraying your character yourself or how close you are to that character Right. Um, so, so when you make like a giant book and then people don't like it, you really do run the risk of like kneecapping yourself emotionally <laughs> for a certain period of time. Um, so I, I don't know, like I, I've always kind of had like a list of things not to do, um, and sort of like obstructions, um, just in terms of like, I don't really want to be like this anti-hero character. I don't necessarily just want to like make all these comics that are about being a lady and being a woman especially because it's just kind of like the binary is really i mean for lack of better words boring but like really i mean what's what's more interesting right now is how we can explore like how we're not just fucking connected to our genitalia um right yeah i think you've done a really really good job with that in the new book and really um Sort of, I mean, it's about you, and so by default, it's about being a woman to a large extent, but it really does step further out and, and try to have something more to say just about trying to navigate being alive and all of the shit that that comes with. Yeah, and and that, that was just it. Like, that's that's what I'm trying to do. It's, it's just more... I, I don't... I think that, you know, where, where like, my, you know, common ancestors in terms of just other woman cartoonists have had to deal with was obviously dealing with an audience that just, like, couldn't comprehend the fact that they were people. And so, like, you have to kind of be sticky and fall into something. And, um, and I'm thankful for everything that they've done. I really do appreciate it, and I do take a lot of inspiration from it. But um, just making sure it's, it's not... Um, it's just being aware of where I am, um, and, and not trying to, I don't know, not trying to just repeat the same things that, um, that the, the emotionally troubled sort of men of the scene have done, um, to some extent too, and, and not just riffing on the, the bad boyfriend, bad girlfriend trope too, so. Right. So that's kind of what you're talking about with um, having your list of things that you don't want to do. You're seeing specifically spaces that are already filled that you, we don't need more work like that. Right. It, it, that's just it. And, it. and it's not even that I consider myself at the height of art. I'm very much like trying to make something that can be consumed widely, which is just to say like anyone can read this and it's not alienating to any one group. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, just knowing it's just reading the room, right? Like we don't, just, people don't fucking care about this kind of story right now. And, and my life is my life and, you know, we're all valid. So therefore, like you can find ways to talk about yourself and talk about your experiences that aren't, you know, drowning out other people or, or just fucking boring and cliche. So... Yeah, that idea of reading the room, I think, is really interesting um, in, in how directly it applies to uh, autobio work and, and work that's based in life. I feel like it's something that I almost don't need to worry about as much with fiction work. It's it's I mean, you don't want to do something that's so tone deaf or stupid or, you know, you you 
end up looking like an asshole. But, you know, it's not really as much of a concern because like you're saying, I'm not, you know, you're not representing yourself. You're representing there's there's a level of uh, protection there. There's kind of a shield there, which I think kind of uh, transitions into this other next question that I have here, which is um, how you translate life onto the page and maybe i mean we could talk about like nuts and bolts process stuff if you want to but um i'm really interested in how once you've put it onto the page and then out into the world that translates back into your life um because i've i've you did that comic on your uh i think it was your patreon feed fairly recently about kind of having some conversations with people from Desperate Pleasures that was a result of putting that book out. So it's kind of goes both ways there, right? Yeah, it's a weird feedback loop to some extent. Um, and, and the answer to this question will only become more complicated the more work I make. Um, it's, it's just kind of from every step of the process, I'm I'm always kind of trying to be open to editing, like, minor verbiage and how I render people. And with cartooning, it can be really difficult, which is kind of, like, why I like slipping in between, like, a a more realistic and a more cartoony sort of um, back and forth, depending on, like, tone and what's going on and just kind of, like, waiting the situation out. Um... Because the more iconic you get, the more you have the potential to lose, usually, with a situation. Um, But at the same time, it can be kind of used as, like, a saving grace for moments that are really complicated and really gray. And you're making a black and white comic and you need to, like, figure out how to be really empathetic. So it's, like, it's nice having so many layers of, you know, just I'll journal and I'll just write down okay, this is the date, this is what's going on, and I can be as open and clear with myself as I want, because it's just for fucking me, and it's not anything more than me reacting or just kind of taking account. And so I I'll usually kind of know the general idea or, like, the thesis of, like, a book I'm going to work on, but then I'll go back and, like, reference what was actually going on in the moment, which is, you know, usually a lot different from what you think or whatever you've processed or romanticized in your head. It's usually a lot more fraught with frustration and just, like, the sort of only in context of the day you're in. So figuring out what's what's worth portraying, what's worth lying about, um, I... I um, I mean, I don't know when this will come out, who, who's who's read Desperate Pleasures, but one of the male characters in it, I just recently um, showed him all the all of the book. I showed him all of the originals. Um, and we hadn't talked for a bit. Um, we we He was obviously aware I was making it. We've, we talked about just boundaries, and those are all conversations I like to have with the people that I'm, you know, still in contact with to some extent, or, you know, like, I, I want to guard them in some way um and it just usually it just elicits discussions i'm never necessarily looking for specific feelings or apologies or emotions or reactions to things um because it's not why i'm making work i'm I'm not doing it as some sort of fucking fear factor moment where i come in and i'm like this is what's going on now it's like that's fucked up and and to some extent i think it's it's good that I'm I'm able to do this thing because a lot of times it does get across like how I felt about a certain situation better than I can describe just because this is how my brain works. Um, but I don't want to rely on that and I'm very aware of that because, you know, that this is like a commodifiable thing. So it, it can get really gross really fast depending on your intentions um, and just where everyone's at emotionally at the time. So... Um, I, I, I've never had a situation where somebody's cussed me out or freaked out. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think, you know, my just good fucking common sense and then just my talent for being able to pull shit off. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there have been times in autobio where those things haven't been considered. Those questions haven't been asked. There's been people who've gotten reputations for just being fucking assholes and, you know, I don't necessarily 
want to fall into that. I mean, uh, people will critique my work and they're going to have feelings about it and I need to stand behind what I do. Um, but it, it is it is interesting seeing the feedback loop that can occur and then, you know, what you see in a lot of people that make autobio in their careers where it's like, just keep making the same fucking mistakes over and over again and you don't learn or you you get fearful that you're gonna lose your source of creativity or something if you do the actual work, not just the fucking introspection, right? Like, actually putting it all together and changing behavior or just analyzing your trauma in a way that actually leads to not just using art to trigger yourself over and over again, so. It's just a lot of- it's a lot of knives to juggle. (laughs) But, um, I- I feel- feel good about it <laughs> yeah i mean i think you've right i i think you've really um pulled together you know kind of what you're describing on desperate pleasures here where it's from your perspective but i think you've you've done a really good job of balancing it and creating uh some real empathy for the characters that aren't you you know and it's not just this like here's me here's my experience here's this but it's you know you're making space for the reader to um you know deal with some of the complexity of that situation yeah and i it's like i don't hate anyone in my books (laughs) you know that's another thing too it's like i don't hold those sort of emotions for those people um and i think like that helps. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've just kind of cultivated a sense of like, I I really just feel like I am doing the best I can at all times. And I just generally think everyone else is. So it's like, if you just kind of understand that, um, you, you make it, you make it a lot easier to go through the world. <laughs> you give other people the space to, you know, be sloppy and shitty. And then maybe they'll eventually come to find themselves feeling a little bit better, or at least, you know, being able to communicate with you a little bit better. And, and, um, sometimes that's not how it goes. And there's people I don't portray in my comics. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, um, even I would say I, I, I'm very conscious of like how I portray my father in my books and that like, that's a person that I, I really, would say is the exception in that I, I mean there's like a court order for him not to talk to me not to say he hasn't tried but um but that's but that's something where i hold more space for myself and then it's like well this is th- this is what this is um and i'm just saying that's what it is and well there's a difference between that relationship and somebody who you've met and you're both kind of on this path of uh, you know, falling into something or or having some kind of confusion to the relationship, right. and 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 you're growing together. Right. You know, I mean, it's there's a different relationship there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I I pulled this out the other day. Um, you have this moment, sort of in the maybe the first third of the book, when your sister who for clarity in the comic is your brother she's recently come out as trans but for this interview we'll just say your sister um so you have this moment where she's saying you're showing her how to i think squat and she's saying it feels weird but it makes sense and you say it'll get easier with practice and i'm like that's like the thesis statement for the book that's like the whole yeah idea i felt like yeah and and that's kind of a an idea that I circle, which isn't to say I'm like I'm like glad you picked that out, or I'm like that that's a that's. <laughs> I've got some other notes here about how you feed that into the rest of the book. You've built this like very cyclical, you know. It almost I, I I'm kind of laughing at you saying feedback loop earlier because it really is this feedback loop, and it's not in an echo chambery way. It's I think it's a productive way, but it's that you know, uh, that self-reflection because you, you transition from that moment into, um, Giria's monologue about training, um, where he's talking about, you know, people being in these habits that are, 
you know, just the way we navigate for better or for worse and how he's seeing training as a way to help people kind of grow, you right. know, and it's, it's like this very clean transition from, uh, that conversation in the gym with your sister into there. And then, um, that transitions into your moment with, uh, you feeling like the old man with the weed. Right. Um, yeah, you've got these great little circles built in throughout this book. Um, well, the way that I, I developed it was very working from idea to idea. Um, I'm excited to be working on what will be the third book in this sort of like Tinderella Desperate Pleasures um, bit where it will be more linear time and like just storytelling on that way. But like thinking about like the amount of freedom that comics gives you and especially just like the root of what yeah. all this is is like trauma which is like from from a sort of like no well and that's just like how your brain works when you're like traumatized so so like thinking about like okay well how do you actually perceive time when you're constantly being pulled out of the present um and making these associations that make sense to you um, but aren't necessarily, like, the truth of, like, the situation. It's it's just, like, the thing that you keep telling yourself or the dance that you keep doing because you need to just, like, survive the moment. And, like, a lot of, like, what, um, like, a lot of, like, just me, myself, personally, is, like, digging through, like, easily the first, like, 12, 15 years of my life. I was just, like, heavily disassociated. So it's, like... Um, so it's almost, it's like doing reconnaissance work (laughs) to like go back and like go down the well and like figure out all this fucking shit with like plot points on a map. So it's nice to have comics as a medium for this where it's like, I could realistically like do a movie, I guess, of this. Like it would work in a sense of like going from scene to scene. Um, but, but to be able to tell the story in the way that it like should be understood is just like being able to push back and forth from person to person or an idea or a feeling um, rather than me going through and doing like this, this is on this date or whatever. And like, I'd include dates almost arbitrarily just to be like, okay, these things are very different on the calendar. Um, Do you have hard dates in this one or is it, I thought it was mostly just like late winter or summer. Here and there, like, but that, that's just it. It's just like indicators, whether it's like the, like, you know, the characters are wearing coats in this panel and then it's the summer. Like it's, it's, it's me trying to figure out how I can like sneakily do it. So like it doesn't, you don't realize it's going on, but then, but at the same time you're just falling into it, but then you're not getting frustrated because it makes sense on like an intuitive way, not like in a way that's like very spelled out or like very referential of the genre or whatever. So, um, so this book was, was developed sort of on that way where it was like, okay, like how many, how many times are we seeing these like ship docks that are in off Lake Superior? It's like almost like every, every chapter, there's like one panel of that. So it's like, I'm developing like the Pavlovian response of like, you're, you're feeling foreboding or, just distrust or frustration with these motifs. So, so the writing yeah, took a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually, that, that is what my next question was. We just kind of got into it. I was going to, going to ask about your approach. Um, yeah. Cause you, you have this very specific approach to time in this book. Um, that, uh, I, I don't know how much, other work I mean, I mean it's not something you see very often um the way i think especially in comics too the way that you've um kind of fractured the timeline and had it build in on itself um i think that's one of the things that you handled very skillfully um so how how was that different writing this one than when you were working on tinderella because i reread that one too and it's a much more linear yeah. Um, it's almost a little more conversational um, in the writing. Yeah. Um, I, with every project I do, I'm usually kind of trying to treat it very specifically to what I'm doing. Like, even as I'm making like this mini now and like trying to figure out this next book, um, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to improve with everything I do just because I'm like still early enough in my career where I'm not bored by these questions that I ask myself. But it's like, um, with when I did Desperate Pleasures, I knew that I needed to, like, I needed my drawing to be way more consistent than Cinderella. I needed, um, I needed to just constantly kind of be building tension the whole time to do what I wanted to do with the ending, um, and have some kind of sense of, like, finality or relief or understanding. Um, and in it, in the first time I read it through, it seemed way more brutal than I wanted it to be, and that that's usually the case of, like, the, the long-form books I make, where it's just like, Jesus Christ, and I'm like, I, I mean, I am the main character, so, like, I don't think that it's as difficult to wade through as other people do, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, what was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, (laughs) how you're approaching Desperate Pleasures. How that's different from Tinderella. Tinderella. Yeah. So when I, I mean, and again, when I did Tinderella, I was in college and, and making my first book. So it's, it's very different time of your life. And, and I didn't really have anyone. Kevin Huizinga was my teacher. Um, and, and I'll say, like, as I'm getting later into my career, I don't know how much Kevin would agree with me, but, like, I definitely um, see, like, the similarities and, like, I want to draw the conclusions of, like, you can kind of see... I mean, see... these time loops you're building are very Yes! Kevin. It's like, yeah, I'm definitely. just like... And I read, Gan- I read Ganges more recently. Yeah. Um, and right. was just Makes like, sense. this is the godfather. Like, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I don't know. You want to talk about how weird I am with my family, but like I, I want to draw that sort of association just because I'm I'm just interested in like the sort of comics lineages that kind of go on because we're you know the people that do train other people. Frank Santoro is maybe the best example where he just harps on his his index cards and his as grids and things like that. But um, but I didn't really have anyone to look up to in the sense that there was like this very clean cut contemporary woman doing these specific kinds of stories about family in my vicinity. Like, I kind of look at Nina Bunjevac, I look at, like, Uli Lust, and those people aren't in America. Um, so it's like, I I can't quite ask them how the fuck they made a book, <laughs> like, in the way that they can, like, really mentor me. So Tinderella was just like, I guess I'm making a book. Like, how do I make it different? Like, I don't even really know how to make it necessarily different than reading a mini. Um, so and I do, how, I do really like that about that book. Like rereading it, I was like, minis. this is so fucking scrappy and yeah. fucking. You're just like putting it all together. It's so fun, man. Yeah. Well, and it, it's like a series of smaller stories that all kind of yeah, fit together in yeah. one thing. Because that was what I was like most comfortable writing at the time. So, um, so being able to like get that artist grant from the state of Minnesota for desperate pleasures, like kind of just wanting to be like, okay, I know what Tinderella was. I want to do X, Y, and Z with my next book. Like I was very, I got into the writing and got in all the structuring with like a very deliberate, like asking questions of every part of the process just because I was like wanting to get a level of consistency that I hadn't really seen out of my work before. So I always kind of use minis as like practice time. (laughs) Um, but ultimately they're kind of like the thing that I generally enjoy the most doing. Um, so like I always kind of take a couple like short projects between just to kind of like practice with what I'm going to do next. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That was that was uh, something else I wanted to ask you about is is finding this balance between wanting to grow as a cartoonist and trying to figure out what the next thing is, and then also being locked into a style for years on end. Um, right. I'm yeah. so depressed. <laughs> like sort of by the end of the book. Well, not just common, depressed by the the point of like I don't know. Like I I like kind of having minis to kind of be that sloppy girl at the party who's like falling down and breaking sure. shit and knocking stuff yeah over you get to tell your like, bullshit stories yeah well, i can tell right. my bullshit stories i can like fit in the things that don't make sense in like a long book and then it's just like also if i just well they're fun too they're goofy up, they're like it doesn't right. matter you know like it, i mean it does but like i don't i don't need to care that much um and i don't know like i 
I think some of the most fun of drawing is when I get to do those bigger pages, sort of more like an illustrator where I'm like, like trying to really problem solve like a big compositional narrative. And so, and, and literally what I said was like, when I read through Desperate Pleasures and I was like looking for my next book, I'm like, I need more panels. Like I need more, <laughs> I need more like time <laughs> to waste time and to like, like build more elegantly to things. Cause there's like a, there's just like, you know the things that we only pick up on our own work but like there's there's areas where i feel like they're the panels are too big or what have you and but i'm like that's like the fun thing that i like i'm like i like when the panels are big <laughs> so i'm like i'm really caught but um you do have a little more of a cinematic i think pacing real. to to the desperate pleasures book yeah definitely yeah so i don't know i i want there's areas in my work where i want it to be more of a comic um and I want it to work and function more like a comic, but, um, and, and I don't know, like the, the pages, like the, where I, I was drawing like the roller coasters and like the video arcade, um, those ones were so much fun just to develop. So the fun of like inking something once you've like reworked it 20 times in pencil and like seeing it function is, yeah, is the, that's mm, the shit. Ah, that's the, the moment. Of oh yeah. So that, that title spread too. I think is maybe my favorite drawing in the book where it's just the docks cutting across the two. It doesn't uh, look yeah. like it was fun to draw at all. It looks well, like it was terrible to draw. Up, so I was God, like, it looks so let good. me just layer the fuck out of this and like not. Like I'm just gonna play I'm just gonna play like Sharon Vonette and just like just sit and grunt over my desk until it's done and that's labor. That page yeah. looks like labor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like my mom saw that too, and she's like, "Oh wow, this looks so good." <laughs> like, yeah. <mom. laughs> I did that yeah. shit. Love you, honey. From the back row there. A little bit. Um. But yeah. So we've maybe touched on this a little bit, but kind of the other big one that I wanted to to really talk about is. Uh, how you approach taking big swings in your work? Because I I think you've always had these kind of things where where you really just fucking go for it. Um, and I think on Tinderella, like some, I mean, first of all, just doing like what, like six minis, and then doing you know <laughs> 120 pages or whatever is kind of crazy. Um, but then you also had those moments where you just like throw a one page comic in there, and you have all these like extra little uh like sketches in there with the costumes and everything and especially the one pagers felt kind of like a big swing and i i know you took those out on uh yeah i was like confused you're talking about reprint first. i was like what um yeah you forgot those were in there yeah i've got the kilgore version so um yeah mine is really scrappy it's still got those pages in there um it's like shit smears but all then <laughs> <laughs> sitting by the toilet in the monkey cage yeah right um and then on the new one did I mean, you think those one wise, pages were a big swing i kind of think so i felt like it because yeah? it's who does that nobody fucking does that you just threw them in there well, like yeah then, fuck it we'll see that, how it goes well that's just it i mean i don't know like like i said like it was like i don't know how to make a book like is this what books are like <laughs> it's just like a little alien like trying to figure it out so um for stuff like that, I mean, that's just, like, not knowing what you're doing. <laughs> and, like, just being just stupidly confident about it like I am. Sure, I'm sure. I'm just like, All I'm right. going to sell it. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that kind of does answer the question. Because I'm thinking, like, is it is it trusting your audience? Is it trusting yourself as you're kind of hurtling into these ideas? And it's, you know, it's that confidence of just being like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what a book is like. <laughs> well, in my consulting group, which I would say, can like, when I'm when I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, um, usually mostly just for long form work because I've been making comics just long enough now to be like, okay, no, I have it, like it's fine. But um, for like certain scenes or things that I think are a little bit more dicey, like right like right now I'm working on this like kind of pseudo political comic, and there's these moments in it where I'm like being being the person I was at that time, but also like not being super PC or just being like blatantly unaware of things. And I'm like, okay, the way I'm putting this off, is it coming off just like, 
like, like, does it come off as, like, somebody who's informed writing about, like, this dumb white bitch who's just running around being an idiot? Or does it just seem like the author doesn't know what's going on either? So, like, I have you. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Who reads yeah. my work. I've got, like, Sean Knickerbocker. Um, sometimes I'll hit up uh, Kevin Huizenga um, and, and be like, hey, can you look up us? And he'll do it. Um, but the, but scenes and things that I'm kind of just, like, I just want somebody else to read it. And I just want to watch their facial like, I want to watch their face journey while it's happening. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that move. Yep. Yeah. Like, I I, I do due diligence in just making sure that, um, not necessarily, like, I can blame it on anyone if it flops, but, like, just being like, okay, these are people I trust. They're going to tell me straight up if this thing is not working in this way. Um, and, and usually I kind of have it, but... Um, it's it's almost like good to kind of watch them watch you or watch somebody read it and stumble on something, and then I'm like, oh no, this has to be like a perfect fadeaway three fro, <laughs> like yeah. exactly. I tend to drawn. be a little picky on the yeah. read too, because I'm I like I always in that editing phase, I'm always like, okay, what is the person who this is the first time they're picking up a comic book going to think, you know, and I'll tell you, I can tend to be a little picky on it sometimes. <laughs> I feel well, like. and I'm like also thinking like, I can't imagine somebody who's never read a comic picking up your work and just being yeah, like, it, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Well, so Fantasy I've got a couple of things. Fantasy football bro that... reads Gary Panner. <laughs> like, see what happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It must have happened once or twice, right? Oh, when I die, I want like a a full hour long footage reel of people picking up my book and like I want to watch them just react to it and like it's like the security cab at the Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I want <laughs> yeah, like a right. candid camera in comic book shops where it's just people people who have oh, no man, business that'd be even better, at my work, honestly. Like freely yeah. reacting to it. Bunch of Wednesday in, warriors. Yeah. Yes, in the wild. So, um. But yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I, for for the things that I am, like, just almost questioning, I usually field it through a handful of people, and that's just, like, coming up through art school, um, is having somebody, like, look at your, look at the start of your work, because there's been times where, like, people will hand me a finished comic and be like, what do you think? Like, tell me how I should change it, and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable telling you how you should finish, like, a finished piece. Um, because I'm aware of how much it fucking takes to do it. So, yeah, it's it's tricky um, going. I, I don't know, at least for me, like, I know there's, you know, there's plenty of our friends even that throw out whole comics and, and have no problem doing it. But um, if I have to ditch a page, I am the most disgruntled, like, crotchety, I can't believe I had to do this sort of attitude about it. So, yeah, yeah. Um... So what I I definitely have some things that I thought I felt like you were swinging for the fences on 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 uh, desperate pleasures, but did you what for you felt like the big swings on that book then? Um, this the scene the theater scene is kind of the one that has been yeah, like that's the big one <laughs> the the, right. mu- the must talk about town in terms of all my friends being like that was insane. Um, yeah, it's a real mic drop. And that yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, really just like mic drop, and then like and kick it into the front row, like a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, and, and that actually kind of felt like Tinderella too, because it's one of those moments where you're like, you're kind of in a costume, and it's a little bit of a sketch. And, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, that was, and that was something that I, I had people look at, um, because I wanted. It wasn't so much that I didn't think I could pull it off. It was just like, how do I make you sure get this hits on exactly it. how I want it to hit and then follow up with everything after it. So, um, and I think I did it well. I, I, I talked to a few other people about how, like, <laughs> I'm such a stand-up comedy nerd um, for the people that for the people that don't know, there's a scene in Desperate Pleasures where I like do a full like stand up comedy routine about like some bullshit that I felt would be originally in my notes. I wanted to be like a fucking like ventriloquist puppet. Like I wanted to go like the Jeff Dunham mm, route, and I'm like, sure, this sure. is too insane. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, <that would've> been, <laughs> like 
too acid trip, too off the wall. But I definitely have like sketchbook pages where like I have like a weird Pinocchio version of me and it's fucking bizarre. So ridiculous. But, yeah. Super weird. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> In this book I mean, I would kinda you know I'm a weirdo and I would kinda love to see that. I think you I think it was probably the right decision yeah. to not draw the dummy in there. Well, it's just it. I I know I can edit, but in in my book, in my book, Just for Pleasures, coming out this wall, <laughs> um, there there's like a scene where I'm I'm talking about very delicate things in like the sort of stand up comedy routine and and sort of doing it under the guise of like a lot of you know everyone, usually everyone that's experienced trauma has some sort of like. Uh, song and dance performance routine that they have to to ha- to tell other people or, or to tell themselves and it's usually like a construct um, and usually kind of only makes sense to them like you can't really joke about your your fucked up edgelord shit to other people and expect them to relate to you because it's so personal um, and there's these panels where I'm sort of like anticipating like an audience reaction as though there was, you know, as though I'm doing it and like expecting people to writhe away with disgust. Um, sure. And and it was kind of like a reaction to what feedback I got out of Tenderella. It's it's almost maybe like the non-reaction you get when you share super personal things because it's it's not as though anyone wants to critique somebody's like traumatic lived experience. They want to talk about like the more formulaic aspects of your work, which is like I get it. It's fine. Um, I I don't think anyone wants to be an asshole <laughs> on purpose. Right, right. Um but it, but it is Probably sort of like to, the, but... you know, it's it's that drunk oversharing girl at the party where you're like, "What the fuck is she saying? Like, why is she saying this in public? Like, this is so uncomfortable." Um and just kind of spooling that into, you know, kind of what autobio is, which is that but with a spine. So um, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, or what it can be when you don't think about it in the context of a story. So it's super uncomfortable. I sort of, I mean, I intended it that way. Um, and it is kind of the thing that I think most people have reacted to um, when they when they say they've read it and were like, oh, this part. Or, or the part that I did in Graphite, which comes like immediately after. Yeah. So yeah. Um, those two parts of the book maybe stood out the most for people, so... Yeah, those were those were I think the two big ones um and then also I mean for me even just the way that you were playing with the timeline felt like a kind of a I mean at least a risk, you know. I mean you run the potential of having it misread when you're fragmenting the timeline um so many times throughout the book, but um hearing you talk about it earlier it kind of sounds like that just kind of seemed like the obvious way to do it because it's more true to the experience of trauma so maybe that one didn't seem like as much of a gamble to you yeah and i mean again it's sort of like i've only i'm not gonna say how old i am but i'm not 30 yet (laughs) um (laughs) i've only read so many comics and like Sure. I've only made so many comics and I will say that I've made a lot more comics than maybe some older cartoonists have just because my output is that great. I'm just saying. Um, but, <laughs> but like these are, I think to some extent I get a pass because even if it is like controversial, like I'm younger and like these are like early career moves, right? Like I can't wait to be like old <laughs> Egyptian woman looking Bob Dylan just doing my goddamn greatest hits <laughs> like just like phoning it the fuck in but like I don't know these are the things I'm interested in doing right now where it's like why not just do like a fifth of the book in pencil and then I do it and I'm like I fucking hate this but I committed fully totally so so like kind of the flip side that that just occurs to me too is like you you also just because of how long comics take, you can't afford to wait until you're the old Bob Dylan to start fucking trying something different either. Yeah, to some you know? extent. I mean, I I think it's kind of... Uh, I don't... I'm, I'm always surprised by, like, when I dig for, like, cartoonists that are older than me and have these careers and, and just to find how little they did in comics. Like, a lot of times you'll have cartoonists that'll go to do printmaking or painting or they're in a band or whatever and that's fine 
I don't think that they shouldn't be a cartoonist or something like that, but it, it's almost just, like, speaks to the zeitgeist right now, because it's... Uh, we we live in a culture that constantly wants more shit and wants more shit and, and, and doesn't... can't comprehend the fact that you would show up to a show and not have, like, a full fucking new book. And it's like, I think you should, like go to shows when you have new material and like I think if you don't really produce anything after a while it's a little bit like what but it's insane to think like how much like we put on the internet or like how many minis we make how much just drawing that we do that isn't really like at least now I mean again it's like you can't really zoom out when we're so young but it's like <laughs> I, I still can't believe I've, like, done more books or more minis than, like, some people that are, like, you know, those, like, old heads. So, and and, and I'm where I am at, you know? Um, which isn't to say I think I deserve all these accolades and things like that, but it's more just, like, I, I realize, like, the sort of stretch of time that you need to, like, spread yourself over, and it doesn't, sure. like, freak yeah, me out. Perspective. But yeah. it, but it, it is, like, this demand for more constantly, and, like, what are you doing, and, and this and that, and so I do generally feel like, well, if I'm not, like, subtly shifting what I'm doing at all times, like, I'm definitely just gonna get in a rut of, like, making sad, traumatized person autobio comics, so... <laughs> Well, in the nature of cartooning too, it's almost like it's almost like designed to help you get into a rut with how reproducible you have to be. You know, you have to be able to draw the same thing the same way over and over again. Right. Well, and it's like I'm I'm working toward this very concise sort of statement about how all my figures look. Um, but it's also, you kind of, I don't know, you, you just hit a ceiling with how big your audience can be and that how many readers you're going to have in that it's like, well, like I should just reprint this book, but like how many fucking copies should I make? Because it's like, I feel like everyone who's going to read it has already bought it. So like, but at the same time, you remember how long it took to make and you're like, I need this to keep making me money somehow. So it's, it's wild. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's the Yeah, game. it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how our perspective on that changes over time, too. Because um, we are so young and we are, you know, I mean, there's going to be new readers coming in um, every handful of years, um, which, you know, you could potentially sell that book to. But yeah, I don't know. And it's just it it's weird to think about um and then obviously you can't anticipate everything with the state of the world and just the fact that like people age out of comics too right where it's like they just yeah, they stop right. buying them or they stop being as interested and they they move on to their other weird niche interest so like it's it's hitting the hitting the stride of getting everyone's attention at the right time so well, yeah, I mean, I think if uh, you keep doing what you're doing, I, I, I wouldn't imagine you having too much of a trouble holding an audience here. I think you're really finding this nice, uh, you know, intersection of, of, you know, talking about something very personal and very specific, but letting that specificity... Um, be something that, you know, anyone can and should relate to. Um, so, I, you know, I think you're doing good work. Hey, man. Thank you. You're doing good work, too. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. No, um, it's working out fine. It's just, again, you, you go to you go to the, the gym and you write, uh, my life sucks. I hate my life. <laughs> Everything sucks. And then you read it, you know, years later when you're making a book and you're like, okay, that was a, we're not going to draw that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not right, right. <laughs> we don't need to know about that one yeah well i think uh we're closing in on an hour here i think i mostly hit what i have uh written down here did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about i was gonna say we should do a Q&A session where you run into your living room and grab whoever's there <laughs> make them talk to me <laughs> no yeah. um no i i don't know uh to anyone listening to this i wish i could have seen you at autoptic um 
this year. I I would wish that we are we're all tabling together, and hopefully we will um, as soon as possible. Um, yeah, yeah hopefully CDC next year. I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, yeah. But we'll all be around if you're interested in seeing my work on a more regular basis and seeing it early, um, seeing sneak peeks of my third book. Um, you should subscribe to my Patreon. I have like a kind of just like very um, accessible tier of $1 um, where you actually get to watch like me work on my Instagram um, and kind of just see like what's going on in the studio each day. Um, other than that, um, please pre-order um, Desperate Pleasures now from Uncivilized or just order it. I don't know when this is coming out. Um, and order Tinderella and order all of Uncivilized books while you're there. So, but yeah. You're, you're a true pro. I didn't even have to prompt you to plug. Just got ahead of it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, msharkness.com. You can find all my crap on there, so. Perfect. And then the Instagram is just MS Harkness as well. It's like m.s. There's a link to it on my website. Just, Perfect. <laughs> just cool. go to the mothership. You'll be fine. But yeah. <laughs> and always, yeah. always good talking to Pete. Yep. Good brother it's been Pete. Good. We haven't, uh, we haven't uh, caught up in a little while. This is a little different than just organically catching up. This but... is like what we do, though. You come into my house and you just start touching my books, usually, when yep. there's not a pandemic. Yep. And side-eyeing me as you pick up like a book you've probably read like twice before and and i'll be like a lot of shit i haven't read and and i'll be like telling you about my dumb day and you'll be like what do you think of this book like like (laughs) (laughs) it's like you are just like a young josh bear like hardcore like (laughs) coming in with your backpack and your dirty feet and just just touching all my shit and it's great and i appreciate it um, but yeah, no, we'll be hanging out. We'll hang out a couple times given, you know, we need to do it safely, but we'll find a way. Um, I will be, I will not be a Minneapolis native. Or, right. Um, yeah. in the upcoming future, the near future, the current present, whenever you're hearing this. So, um, it should be coming out around the I'm end getting of August, drafted so. to a <laughs> big 10 <laughs> comic city. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, be on the lookout for where I'm at next. Cause, uh, I don't know. <laughs> It'll mean something at some That's point. That's the teaser. Do you want to? Do you want to tease the uh, third book at all, or are we not there yet? Um, we can kind of talk about it a little bit. I mean, it probably it won't be out probably till twenty twenty two at the earliest. But um, it's going off of a lot of the same themes as Desperate Pleasures, but uh, in like maybe a little bit less of a frantic way, a little bit more measured, a little bit more about being more aware of what's going on or at least coming to the conclusion a little faster but um i am a certified well maybe i don't want to spoil the book but i don't know i'm a trainer um i i work as like a, a personal trainer in a gym anybody following you on social already it's, knows that. yeah it's not a not it's too not much a of a spoiler giveaway yeah. um i guess but uh but the the story is is me my process of um becoming a certified trainer and learning about body and mind stuff and how it all kind of adds up together yeah right yeah you start hinting at that at the new one in the in the desperate pleasures here you start drawing that parallel a little bit so foreshadowing but yeah see that thing come together keep just yeah right on stay uh connected and (laughs) in a couple years it'll come out and yeah it'll be great yeah and we'll uh see everybody when we're actually able to go be in groups again, I'm sure we're all looking forward to it. It's and, a shame uh, that they're getting and, rid of segues. We could have all put the the weird iPad on the segue thing and had like our robot <laughs> yeah, representatives yeah, put our tables up and shop around. Yeah, <laughs> I like Cam's idea when he was joking about uh, Cam Del Rosario from Gutter Boys. He was joking about like setting up like a chat roulette website that's just that was my idea their tables. They was that your idea no, that was, I thought that um, was Cam. when i talked to the gutter boys um we were talking about how we needed chatterbait rooms i talked yeah, about right. the, the porn side of it i mean chat roulette is just dicks <laughs> but uh how we should all just set up we should all just be masturbating and then holding one of our minis <laughs> and then people just drop tokens in <laughs> yeah that should be the new uh way that we we should all just be on only fans oh, man. yeah well you know just if the pandemic me, sticks me around naked, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get like there. in a non-sexual way just over my 
table sweating because it's 90 degrees in my house. <laughs> I know, I'm sweating so bad right now. I got all the windows closed and everything for recording. Yeah, I'm sure they're your fans. In all the right, background. well, until we can uh, see you at the festival, make sure to pick up Desperate Pleasures from uh, Uncivilized Books and give this thing a read. Uh, I'll have a new mini app called Rotten as well. I'll just say cool. that really yeah, fast. Yeah, pick that one up too. That'll be like a 50-page right. mini. <laughs> so if you want something Jesus to uh, read right before the, the 2020 election, uh, go ahead and give that a swing. That'll be on my website. Oh, yeah. So. Thematic, right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to this presentation of Autoptic 2020. For more information about our organization and events, please remember to visit autoptic.org. That's A-U-T-O-P-T-I-C dot org.